entertainment, relationships, art, culture. If it's happening to or around us, let's talk about it. My name is Camille, your host, and I'd like to welcome you to the Soul Soul Dope Dope Show. Show. So welcome to the Soul Dope Show for the first time. (laughs) I feel like my lighting is so dark. This is so bright. Is mine bright? It's good bright, though. Like too bright? No, it's good bright. Let me see if I can. Okay, yours is like sexy Sylvie's love oh, bright, see, which is like appropriate for this. It was definitely unintentional. <laughs> well, okay. I'm excited to have you here. I've done your intro twice already. Um, okay. Just touching on the many things that you do. I don't even know. There's so many angles to go, but we're going to talk about love. And I know that you love yeah. love. <laughs> Girl, show me. I love her love. <laughs> Um, so I think the first thing that I'd like to talk about is your books, because you, you oh. are, since we're talking about storyteller, you are exactly that. Um, yeah. and I remember speeding through agave in like, I don't even know a day, maybe. <laughs> yeah, really? Yes. And I vividly remember the story like I pictured the whole thing in my head so we could just start at the beginning like how you got into writing um not writing but writing to books and short stories okay oh well I guess I've kind of been a writer all my life um I can remember as far back as the seventh grade it was the first time I remember a teacher actually pulling me to the side to tell me that I was gifted and that writing was something that I should pursue. So hashtag the teachers who see gifts and nurture them and speak into them. Um, so I started really writing stories, junior high school, high school. And I remember I would come <laughs> come to school with these stories and my, my, my um, classmates would be like, you got you got the rest of the book. You got the rest of the book. So I would go home and continue to write on my stories and not necessarily do so my funny. homework. <laughs> not necessarily doing my homework. So um, I'm reading to your classmates. Yeah, yeah. So so that was that. But then, um, I think I really started to explore writing again after my husband passed away i went to therapy Mm -hmm. and um my therapist also picked up on the fact that i was a good writer Mm -hmm. and he was like you have to do what heals you um this is a part of your process to healing and so i started dabbling in poetry a little bit but my favorite way to write is to tell stories and so um, I started reading a lot and then I just took the plunge. I was like, I'm going to do it. I found out that it wasn't as difficult to get a book out there as it used to be back in the day. And um, so I just took the plunge and I, I wrote Things Remembered, which is kind of loosely based on my story of being a widow. And then um, I, it just went from there. And the characters, as you know, because you're a writer too, yeah. just kind of take on a life of their own and they just capture your heart. Yeah. So. They're like, they become like yeah. real people to you yep <laughs> so you really to your readers no one can tell like you. your readers think they go with your characters yeah. and stuff you know that they don't it's crazy like these, these characters really start to exist so did you find yep. when you were when you were writing things remember when you started writing after that therapy process did you feel like it was healing like a part of your healing process or were you just 
doing it because it was suggested. <laughs> I did it because I was enjoying it once I started. Mm -hmm. And I can, and as far as things remembered is concerned, there was, there's this really powerful love story in the undertone of things remembered um, that is really true for me. Mm -hmm. And every time I would tell this story about this guy that I met and we had this crazy, crazy um, connection, people would say, that sounds like a book. That sounds like a book. And so um, I started it, I guess, as a part of kind of being obedient to, you know, you're supposed to be a writer and your therapist is even saying it. But then people are also that are hearing this story are saying it's something that they would want to read. Yeah. So that's how that started. And then it just kind of took a, on a life of its own. But the funny thing about healing is that people think when you hear the word healing, that that automatically means feel good, feel better. No. When healing no. can be a hot mess and part of the process of it. It's like a scab. Like you get a wound oh. and it's ugly. And it's like, <laughs> ew, this is so gross. And ugly Eventually, and messy and painful it, it hurts and then it scabs and then you yeah. might think it's a scab and that is the same thing that it feels like when you're healing emotionally yeah you keep revisiting the thing that hurt you mentally or um just going mm -hmm. back to that place so that's the same thing as picking that scab off um so yeah, yeah it's not it's exactly as you said it's not this pretty like oh everything is okay all is well everything's getting better no and <laughs> no. even when you get to a place of healing from um whatever traumatic thing has happened to you um it's still there it just doesn't feel like it did when it first happened <laughs> right. so you can cope with it you gotta find a way to live through it or with mm -hmm. it like it's a part of you now yeah yeah. And I and I felt like um, when I did go back, particularly with things remember because it was so personal, like some of the other books mm -hmm. um, kind of, like I said, took on a life of their own and it wasn't so much about me. Mm -hmm. um, when I when I went back and started to remember those things because I had to write about them. Um, you find out, find out that things that you thought you were over, you're not necessarily over. Triggering and things yourself. That... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I needed to go back and fix that. That that was still a problem, yeah. you know. And so it was, it was great. It was, it every painful part of healing and the writing process for me, which is also always a part of healing, is always worth it. And especially when someone reads it and they send you an email or they reach out to you in some kind of way and they say I needed this this helped me I could relate to that mm -hmm. then just like yeah the, then what I experienced the painful part of it was worth it yeah know? so things remembered and then oh, so how many books is the total because I was like flipping through and I saw four and I, was like, I felt like four. it was four, and it's yeah, four? There, are four there are four out right now yes okay and the things remember is that a series Yes. So the Things Remembered is a part of uh, the Things series. So there's Things Remembered, there's Too Many Things, which is like the sequel to thing, Things Remembered, okay. but some of the background characters and Things Remembered kind of take the fore forefront. Mm -hmm. And um, and then we I begin to tell their story. And the character that kind of represents me, her name's Mona. Mm -hmm. She's 
there, but not as prominent as she was. And things remember was her deal. Uh -huh. And then um, too many things kind of explores the, the life of her best friend, which is a male, Freddie Benson, and her sister um, who had some um, mental issues in the first book where she... Um, Don't want to give it away. <laughs> she had some, some mental issues and you kind of see her work through her process okay. and things remember. So it's really triumphant. Yeah. Okay. So, and, so it's two books in that series? There are three. Okay. And then, okay. And so, and then No Ordinary Love is um, the last book of the thing series. And that is kind of, again, one of those background characters that was kind of present mm -hmm. um in both of the first two books mm -hmm. she was there she was kind of married to the best friend and some stuff happened and you then we, I, I started to tell her story up front so okay. you know it was just kind of pulling from the characters in the first two books and then you know telling a full story out of some of the background characters that people were like i kind of like her Who, which yeah. was her story and so I brought that out. Yeah, when you write a, a book with an ensemble cast, you can you can spin that. You, that can go on forever. <laughs> you can go on forever and ever, and then they can have children, and then you can write about them, and that is exactly one of the best parts of being a writer. Like one of the best and worst parts is that there are no limitations. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Really and one of the cool things for me, um, especially when I was, when I wrote these books, I was deep into my um, uh, spoken word mm -hmm. career and my career as an event curator. Mm -hmm. And so every book, True Fire is going to show up. She's performing on some stage uh -huh. somewhere. And that's kind of the cool thing for uh -huh. me is that people me. always <laughs> know something about Cincinnati in my book. Mm -hmm. And they're gonna always be like, true fire, she there, there she go, like there she is. Like your and little signature. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you did this series, and then after that, did you do a book of short stories? I'm working on a oh, book okay. of short stories right now called Songbook. Okay. And so each story in that book has a a, a song attached to it because you know you know how I am yeah. about music. So. You're like the soul yeah. music encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing okay so the series and then agave came after that yes okay. agave is a really good story is there going to be a sequel to agave because i feel incomplete <laughs> i know everybody every everybody says right. that um i yes there will be and i kind of um without giving too much of agave away because i i think if I had to choose, and you know, it's hard to choose between your work because it's like choosing between who's your favorite child. Mm -hmm. But if I had to say what my two favorites are that have been published so far, it would definitely be too many things. I think my delivery on that book was like, I'll go back and read it and be like, you know, so that one and then Agave because I think it was just a, sto a great story. And I don't think that anybody would be like, say that it's predictable, it, it you know, and, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so, um, I, I just, that, I think that between those two, that's, mm -hmm. that's one of my favorites. Okay. And, um, agave again came out of, I was experimenting with being vegan 
And so I was like, oh, I'll write a story about a vegan chef. And then it just kind of morphed into what it is. Yeah, so as we're talking about it, be I'm sequel. like remembering scenes in the restaurant <laughs> and then like the hotel or like, or the, wherever they were getting it in. <laughs> I think um, there will be a sequel. I, I'm just so particular because people got so attached to Vincent, which was the character in um, Agave, mm -hmm. the main char male character in Agave. They were so attached to him that I don't want to, even though I have to write for me and I got to write what's authentic for me, even me, I, I, that next story of his needs to be told just right. Yeah, and so it's that one of those things that I'm not rushing out. Yeah. Hold on, let me, I'm going to take my time. Make here. sure my plug is in here good. Pardon me. That's okay. That'll give me a chance to share. <laughs> okay share the proper way my um child was on my tablet so he of course drained the, the baby drained the battery watching my favorite shows <laughs> and, uh, like, <laughs> please stay um on here the whole time cool. so, yes, yeah, nah, drop the link so people can go and get the books okay i will do all of the books and share this real quick it's a it's a strange time to do um, things virtually because I used to have mm -hmm. um, an intern <laughs> that would do all this. Stuff. Yeah, so kind of on your own right now. Right now. Yeah, but it's cool. No, it's cool. I'm like looking at it, like okay, it's a little dark, but I look fine. Okay. <laughs> so I want to talk about um, one more place. Sylvie's Love. Yes, let's do that. So if you haven't seen the movie, Sylvie's Love is a period uh, movie set in, starts at the end of the 50s and goes into the early 60s. So it's told over a five-year period. And it is about Sylvie and Robert. <laughs> and they, they meet at Sylvie's dad's record store where she's pretending to work to get away from her mom. She's really just watching TV. Um, and I, he was like peeping her through the window. So then he came in and got himself a job. And then the love story begins for that. From there, it's set in Harlem. Um, it is, hold on, I got my little notes here. Written, directed, produced <laughs> by Eugene Ash, which I hope to see more yeah. things from him because Definitely. what an introduction. <laughs> what an introduction. Yeah. And um, stars Tessa Thompson as Sylvie. And Namdi Asamuga, I think that's how you say it, is Robert, who is Kerry Washington's husband. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. it is, I don't know, I'll let you give your review <laughs> what, what you thought. So first of all, spoiler alert, and if you haven't seen it, like, just do yourself a favor, because um, we may go into things that if you haven't seen it, you might, you know, it might give it away a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think my overarching review of Sylvie's Love is that it was exactly what we as Black people needed at this time. Um, it was beautifully written. The characters were beautiful. The, the way they dressed, the costumes, the lighting, the music is magnificent. Yes, it is. And even though... Sylvie's Love, like you said, it, it was in the late 50s, early 60s. 
they didn't go into the traumatic happenings of you know racism and jim crow civil rights movement like we know that stuff they really um and they dealt with some things about the shadiness of the music industry and they touched on things Mm -hmm. a little bit but really they masterfully focused on this love story and i'm telling you I, I I just can't right now do another You Got Shot Down in the Street movie. I can't do that yet. I can't do that right now. And I can't do the picket lines and picket signs right now because that's our reality even now. It's just, yeah. just too much. So this was everything that we needed. It was like all the beautiful stuff mm-hmm. about us. Yeah. And I loved it. Without the, it the was, trauma... I mean, okay, so, yeah, I guess if you haven't seen it, then you should probably not, because I'm about to talk about, um, Sylvie was a little bit messy, we ain't gonna pretend like she was, like, absolutely perfect, but she kept, she kept a big secret, <laughs> and, um, if it had I think been, her mama was more messy than oh, she was. Her mom was a hot mess, but I mean, her big secret, five years of a big secret yeah. that she would have continued to keep had her daddy not um ragged her out yeah uh and right i think if that if it was reversed and it was um a man if he had a fiance who was away we'd be like oh he is super trash (laughs) right 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 (laughs) she was engaged when they got together and her man was all fighting Mm -hmm. in the war and here she was Mm -hmm. falling all in love with somebody else (laughs) so Mm -hmm. so he's not gonna get a pass for that I'm going to give her the same mm, side eye that I would give if it was a man in the story. But I mean, she ended up where she was supposed to be. But Yeah, but it was a lot of, it was a lot of collateral damage and, the, you know, Highly on sketchy, the, on but... the way. <laughs> I'm not going to romanticize her behavior. Uh, but <laughs> it does not. But sometimes love is messy. A lot of times yeah. love is messy. It's not yeah. fantastic wonderful ones of the love stories that we know of, like true stories, there was some stuff that happened from from A to B. And sometimes it was things like that. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm okay with her not being perfect. Um, I think that that makes it more real to me, more realistic. Mm-hmm. And it added a little edge in the story because I really wanted to see how, how he... Like how that was going to work out once he she let him leave. Like how you gonna get out of this? I was curious on how that was gonna work out, and back on it, <laughs> the man married her anyway. You know, and that's not really a big plot twist if you haven't seen it. <laughs> right. Yeah. He married her anyway. I guess Sylvie was just super dope. I don't know. <laughs> but, you, you know, I so I have a um a partner of mine that we we he and I write together. Mm-hmm. Um we call what we do do a tree where we, you know, kind of write poems together and kind of bounce off of each other and so on and so forth. Kind of like a Isaac Hayes, Dion Warwick kind of situation, mm-hmm. but just through poetry. And um so he and I talked after we after we both saw the movie and we decided that we wanted to write to it. And so we were having a discussion about um, certain things that happened in the movie. And one of the things that, that came up was the help wanted sign, in the, which is kind of like how their story um, yeah. took shape. 
like he he saw the help wanted sign in the record store he's like i can get some money yeah. and get some honey and i'm gonna go for this so cute. <laughs> right right <laughs> and um so he was so he wrote kind of like a a poem about the help wanted situation and he was just saying how the help wanted was coming from the from the perspective of robert and his poem mm -hmm. But for me, when I look at look at the dynamics of that whole situation, the help wanted was really the father. Because if you notice, when Robert came in, I think he noticed the chemistry between Robert and his daughter. Mm -hmm. And he's like, boom, you're hired. Mm -hmm. Because of how the mother was, she was so influential yeah. and so messy. And she was basically pushing her daughter into an arrangement. Yes. This wasn't Natasha, somebody Natasha that said something about that, the arrangement part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, he, she was pushing her into an arrangement and her father, I believe, wanted her to experience love and he saw an opportunity like, mm -hmm. I'm going to try to insert here. Mm -hmm. And so I really love that. I thought her father was dope because I think he picked up on the fact that you know, I really can't do nothing with my wife, mm -hmm. but I'm going to try to throw something in the mix that can maybe give her an opportunity to love for real. I was glad that they and didn't that go heavy on stuff. the mom interfering and being like a meddling mother. Yeah. Like they touched on it. We got it. We get it. Like the dynamic. We got it. Mm -hmm. we, we didn't like her. No. And <laughs> I didn't need to see more of her. That was, that was plenty of that. It was the perfect amount. Yeah. Um, even when she was teaching her class and Sylvie was there and she had her like demonstrating the etiquette and how to walk and how to like stand there and be a, a puppet basically. And I was like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that was a good, I thought that was a good, a really good scene and a very important scene. And yeah. you would think with a mother like that, that, that Sylvie would have been more demure. Like she was very headstrong and very like focused on what she wanted to do which could have easily went the opposite way. Like she, yeah. she could have easily went into, I'm just going to please my mom and, and, and do this, but that wasn't her personality at all. <laughs> I, think, I think she tried to, mm -hmm. there were moments where she really did try I mean, to, she married to tell to die, so. <laughs> like Yeah. I mean, and, but I think that was more about, yeah. Yeah. I think she, she tried to, to do that, but I think she had so much of her father in her. Mm -hmm. Um, that that real down to earth that love that yeah. soulfulness that just you know he was just as like down to earth and welcoming as you could get yeah and mother was all on a totally no. different spectrum and i think she fell somewhere in the middle yeah, yeah. but bearing more toward her dad. the balance of the the, the mother father dynamic that was important yeah. um in the story yeah. and I really loved that she wanted to be, I, I loved her story, how she was trying to become a TV producer when she realized that that could even become a possibility. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Right. I didn't even know there was a colored female television producer. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I love yeah. the whole, of course, because as people who like to do lots of things and to chase dreams, it was amazing to see that on screen and not her you know, at the TV station mopping the floors or something. Like, it was quick. They didn't drag that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what I, 
what I loved is I think that she, even though she didn't know that there was a such thing, I think she felt like she could be that mm -hmm. because even the, the whole strategy of her taking a job, answering the phone at the TV station and like writing down little information, mm -hmm. like I'm going to get my opportunity. And then I think it was just the icing on the cake when she found out like, oh, this is already a thing. I can it can build be on even it. faster than I thought. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And girl was yeah, like, it, was, it was awesome. Why should I hire you? You know, and there that whole con that also was one of my favorite moments of the two black women in the room. And one of them has this very powerful job and they could have made her a jerk. Like they could have made her how they often portray black women in power yep. and instead of them reaching out a hand and bringing each other in some, they, we have often been represented the complete opposite. And then there has to be this crazy takeover story. And it wasn't that it was, it was more so of how I've experienced life um, with collaboration and with reaching and, and like bringing someone in because you see something in them. And I thought that was super dope. I would like to see more scenes, um, more of that. Yeah, I thought that was amazing. I think that everything about this show or this this film was so carefully mm -hmm. done. And so I think, think us as Black people and us as Black women in particular, whoever came, you know, came up, but like all the people responsible I think we're very, very careful to honor us in this movie. Yeah. And not only with the dynamic with her and her producer boss, but also her and her cousin. Like that that whole dynamic yeah. um, where they were just the best of friends. And one thing that I really appreciated about the cousin, and I can't even think of her name right now, is he was wild. Yeah. All I saw was Michaela was... Pratt. <laughs> like, yeah. She was she was wild and loose and free mm -hmm. and young and having a good time. In the sixties. Well, in the sixties. But but what was so beautiful to me was that they Mona Lisa, Mona, Mona, mm -hmm. they gave they gave her character this amazing job in the civil rights movement. Yes. Like, she was so important. She's like, where are you now? To the, to the culture. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to the movement. And it wasn't just about her just flouncing around <laughs> doing whatever. Like, yeah, she hottie. was. Yeah. Because they could have made her Boston just the promiscuous, fun cousin. And they didn't. They gave, they, it was a subtle way of giving her depth. And we can be all of these different layers. We are all of these different layers of things where we can be yeah. fun, but also a boss and also out here on the front lines fighting for literally everything that black women fight for and also be the TV producer <laughs> and, and exactly. pull the girl out the switchboard room and bring her in so that she can take over. Like we can be so, we are so many things. And I love that the way that the movie um address that and we can be the uptight mom <laughs> like etiquette mm -hmm. teacher who's trying to keep up appearances and we have been and we are all those things yeah which at the end of the day to be fair to the mom it was really about setting the stage to, for her daughter to have the best life mm -hmm. 
but it was the best life as far as she yeah as far as she decided that this is what she should have right right in terms of that time looking at how they lived and like clearly she's very successful during this time they live in harlem in this beautiful house like they didn't get into the struggle of how they got there we don't get real backstory on the parents parents are probably coming up i mean if she was a teenager in the 50s late 40s early 50s <laughs> to, right. to get to right. that place and they created this whole life where she could be pretty much a socialite and have access to all of the things that you know some of our grandmothers didn't have during that time right. so i get it i get i get the that aspect of the story even though it wasn't explored it makes complete sense right sure yeah um i wrote down something else that i loved the fact that Nancy Wilson was part of the movie, <laughs> like, I thought, if it's anybody, and it was Nancy, and I was just like, perfect. So perfect. I perfect. that I had got to experience a Nancy Wilson concert in my lifetime, um, but you know, she left behind so much, and then now that, just that little touch of her, like, you want to come to Nancy Wilson concert? <laughs> it was just, I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful. We had we had Nancy for a little bit. Yeah, we had her for we had her we had her for because she died within the last few years. Yeah. But but we didn't have her like that. Like they had her. Like they they got no. her. I didn't get it until it was pretty much a wrap. You know, and she when was I started really singing yeah. jazz and really realizing that wait a minute, she came up where I am, <laughs> like right now in Columbus. Um, I was already. Oh, is that you? I didn't know that. Yeah, she went to, um, I believe, East High School here, and then you know okay. went out to be the great Nancy Wilson. But she was singing here. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I love love Nancy Wilson. So yeah, so that was just again, it was all the things that we needed, you know, including Nancy Wilson, including. Um, you know, one of the things that I loved was how well dressed yeah. all the characters were, but the <laughs> brothers, I was like, Lord, have mercy. You know, like it was just like, oh my God, to have been alive and young. In that scene where Robert invited Sylvie to come see his band play, and they were like in the club. And I was yeah. just like, hey, oh my God, I miss going to show so much. <laughs> First of all. <laughs> and B, I'm like, that would have been such a good time for me to live then and to just be in that space. Like it was just so glamorous and the just the music, the ambiance, like everything about it. That I think that but the cool thing I, for me, um, taking COVID out of the equation, um, because you and I both are, um, are, are or were, whatever, event curators. And so we created um, experiences for, for people, experiences that they may not have otherwise gotten to have if yeah. we didn't reach back and have that appreciation for the way things were back then. If we 
weren't courageous enough to bring somebody to our city that maybe the people didn't know about, but we knew that they should know about them. And so the wonderful thing about us and about people like us at this time is that we can do whatever we want. We can reach back and recreate those things kind of the way we did when we did Billy. We recreated a whole vibe and people were so hungry. Black people, white people, old people, young people. There was a little Asian man in the audience. And I was like, (laughs) when did you find a little Asian man (laughs) to come? Yeah. (laughs) Billy Holiday for a few hours. Like, yeah. And I felt a little of that um, that night. Yeah. People dressed up and came out and experienced something glamorous, you know, like the way we were. Yeah. And um, and so to me, um, they did a beautiful job of taking our current actors and actresses and Namdi, if that's what if that's the way you pronounce it. Namdi, I believe it's Namdi. Namdi. Perfect. He was like, he was just. Yeah, he was charming in like a boyish charm kind of way, like very unassuming, which Mm -hmm. probably made her curious about him. See, yeah, Yeah. like he was like chill. He wasn't, he was just enough that I can see how. Like Chicago (laughs) Sweet. I could see how the what the appeal was. She was like it wasn't too much, even like when he invited her out, you know, and then in the scene when they are locked in the basement, like just the way that he treated her and he was towards her, even when he found out what had been hidden from him, um, in his mm-hmm. reaction was very like tempered. Yeah. And I appreciated that because that could have been written so differently. Yeah. I would have liked to see him. I guess he did have a friend in the movie, but I would have liked to see more like of the guys interacting. Yeah, I think they tried to give us a little bit of the um, Chico character, Chicago Sweet. He was just (laughs) straight up, you know, ladies man or whatever, but he was so beautiful to look at too. But um, <laughs> they gave—I think they gave us the friend dynamic. They—they they really, it was really a well-rounded movie. It it's good when you want more, like the fact that yeah. I'm, like, I'm gonna like more of this, and I'm gonna like more of this. That is what you want. <laughs> like, that means exactly. You freaking nailed it. Um, right. Let's see. Wow. It was so. It was um. Like I've seen some people say, like, oh, I tried to watch it. It was just really slow. And I think that is just a testament to people being used to a different kind of storytelling. Like a lot of times in movies, things are really rushed and everything, the plot progresses so fast and attention spans are so short and love is not always like that. And I thought the piece of the movie was perfect. I think think you're right. I mean, it spoke to the hopeless romantic in me. Um, because I'm not the, um, and this is, you know, this is just me, but I'm not the quick rush microwave love. I want that you had to season it and marinate it and and wait a minute. There was was a little bit of anticipation (laughs) and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. You, you need that. I don't want to 
I don't, this is one of the things that kind of um, drives my decision-making even now in terms of dating and all of that kind of stuff um, is that I want to be able to look back over my story and be proud to tell my grandchildren, this is how me and me and me and Poppy, you know, got together. This <laughs> this is how this was, and and give them something to be like. I want my stuff to be like grandma's. You know, I don't want to have to brush parts of my story under the rug because, you know, and not to say that things can't happen fast because they can, but yeah. I, it was just, it was just, it was just yeah. perfect to me. It spoke to every part of of me. There was sure. a scene, um, were they dancing in the street? Oh, oh okay. girl. That, the, the color choices, so since I'm now like all deep into photography and whatnot, and like I love artistic photography mm-hmm. and like when you just have an eye for a certain, like just how that shot happened, I was like, oh, like, this is so beautiful. And the colors are kind of yeah. muted. But then there's like just little pop, like there's a little orange and a little mm-hmm. yellow. And then, but the pavement's kind of, you know, dark and there's like teals and the, the wardrobe choices, um, the color palette was just stunning to me. Um, yeah. There's another scene where she comes to find him before he gets in the car with the little fast girl and she's like coming uh-huh. out the alley. And yeah. the way that was shot, like, that it could just like you just pause the screen and just look at it and I was just like oh this is breathtaking on how they did it like everything is a poster (laughs) in that movie it was it was thoughtful that's that's one of the the words that I can freely use about it like it was like they said we're not gonna rush this out let's think about all of the all of everybody's senses and what appeals to to men and to women and to to us as a community and they just they did a fantastic job so for people who felt like it was slow I don't really know I don't really know what to say because I think they built the story so perfectly and the attraction was immediate um like the same where you talked about the them getting locked in the basement yeah now she had to know that <laughs> that door did that and so I felt like she, she kind of was like, I'm trying to get locked down in here in this basement with you because I want to talk to you. Why is he that with him? Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was just, it was, it was a very thoughtful. Um, you know what I work. thought in my modern mind? I was like, dang, they really survived without cell phones. <laughs> She's like, I guess we have to wait until my dad comes back. And I'm like, yeah, girl, you know, but in my 2020, 21, 20 at the time, my so I watched it on New Year's Eve, like when the ball was dropping, I mm-hmm. was watching Sylvie's Love, which for me was exactly what I needed. To yeah, move on into the next year. Um, but that's what I was thinking when they were sitting in the basement. Like, if I was down there, I would have my cell phone and I would just call somebody. And yeah. be like. I'm stuck in the basement, or I would say my phone died if I wanted to stay stuck in the basement. Yeah, I would definitely have said my phone died. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I absolutely love it. I found this list online of it was like 17 17 best black 
romance movies. I didn't write all of them okay. down. I just wrote some of them down. I was trying mm -hmm. to find like modern, like post 2010 movies, um, but there wasn't very many on the list, which. What, the photograph maybe? Photograph was on the list. Um, if Bill Street could talk, I haven't seen that. Have you seen that? I haven't either. I heard it was kind of traumatic and I, I'm, I didn't I'm, want to see. I think that is why I didn't see it the same thing with Queen and Slim. <laughs> it's like, I just really want to have Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and that was, that, those were the only ones that were yeah. on the list for like the last 10 years. I'm like, that's absolutely crazy. But of course the, the regulars love Jones, love and basketball, which I loved love and basketball when it happened. But in hindsight, I don't really like Quincy at all. Um, <laughs> oh, it now it's like. This dude, and also, yeah, also the hindsight with Love Jones. I feel like Nina was on BS playing games with Darius most yeah. of that movie. I didn't yeah. think so the first time, million times I saw it, but now I'm like, what? I think so, when we when we first see movies like that, it's like the cast is beautiful, the story's sweet, and we don't really look at it. And you tend but, to be on the woman's side too. It's very like, what did he do? And why are they like going through this? And I, I don't look right. at it like that anymore. <laughs> I'm yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I think one of my favorites, even, and I don't know that because it was very problematic. Um, so I don't know if you could really call it a love story, but one of my favorites is Mo Better Blues. And I think it was for the same reasons why I love still some of the same reasons why I love Sylvie's Love. It explored our music, jazz. It, it put it back in the forefront. Like, that's our music. But then when you go to jazz clubs, you don't see us. Like, yeah. I feel we should. I need to and watch so, that movie as an adult. I have not watched that as an adult. And I'm sure it would be a totally different movie to me now. It, it's it's not the love story of Sylvie's love, definitely, but it was beautiful. The people were beautiful. Um, the costumes were beautiful. The music was amazing. Um, it was all of that. And the relationships were very, very problematic. Um, but I do, I and I don't know, sometimes you catch, um, if you come across my page, you'll see um, Bleak, which is Denzel Washington's character, and Indigo, which is Joa Lee's character, I'll have a picture of them on my cover story because I'm really drawn to their love story, even though it was really problematic. I mean, so. It'd be like that. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like that. Every love yeah. story is, yeah, um, Just Right. So I really love that movie with Queen Latifah. I did movie. like Just Right, but I had issues with some of it too, of course. Um. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the sister and the whole yeah, there's some very and then you gonna go back to my cousin and then come back to yeah, me. No, we didn't do that. Yeah, I just yeah. I Queen Latifah. It was a good movie though. Like it was, it was. Um, Brown Sugar, of course, was on the list. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then Jason's lyric, of course. Of course, in a field of flowers. I mean, how could it not be? <laughs> and I think that was Poetic Justice was on the list but I never really think of that as a love story but I guess it was 
ghetto love story. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't. I, don't I don't think. I would never be like love stories. That's my favorite love story. It was on the list. Um, yeah. Moonlight, 2016. I've never seen it. Okay, I didn't see it. Um, yeah. Stella, she on here. Stella, like how Stella got a group back. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And also, yeah, sure, okay, fine, but the way that the true story played out, not so much. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of like, we know too much now, so. Not too much, you ruined everything. It totally ruined right. it. Um, I think that was it. Some yeah. of these I haven't seen at all. One thing I will say about Sylvie's Love while you're looking for that, though, because I said um, that I would, I would be honest and say that when I first saw it, it was like breathtaking and all of that. Mm -hmm. But when I tried to watch it again last night, I couldn't get through it. Like, I think it hit so many buttons um, in terms of like how beautiful the love story was and how much he cared for her and how much he cared about him. And when you like, fit in a certain space where you're emotional and wanting all of that kind of stuff that you yeah. see, it was just like, I can't do this today, you yeah. know. <laughs> so it's one of those. Again and I couldn't, I was just like, I, even though it's only a few days later, was in a much different headspace <laughs> the first time I watched it. Yeah. And I just, it'll make you long for. Yes for that kind of simplicity um, mm -hmm. in love, even with the, absolutely with what happened, it's still the love part. There is no question. Mm -hmm. Like it was obvious <laughs> and the way they fell in love was just so simple. And yeah. even though she made a decision for both of them that he absolutely should have had a call in. Um, absolutely. But like, it, it gives the man the courtesy of telling him what, what's going on. But that aside, has the whole, even yeah. in that decision, that decision wasn't really made from a selfish place. Like that mm -hmm. was a, I don't want to mess up what I know this means so much to him. <laughs> like, I, like I got it. Still was wrong, but I understood it. But it wasn't. But I mean, and then I think he turned around and did the same thing later. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. It, was just, it was the place the yeah, that they, got on my there was love in their choices yeah yeah definitely and that you know I think some of the back and forth <laughs> was so real because even in, in love for real we take each other through a lot of unnecessary stuff sometimes and <laughs> I'm just like come on but you know it, it all worked out in it can all be so simple. <laughs> but no. Rather make it more. Because <laughs> it's not. Because it's not. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. true, but it's true. absolutely not. Okay. Well, you know, what's next for you? I mean, it is a weird time. And um, I don't know. Some days I feel like, oh, such a strange time. Can't do what I want to do. You know, what I was doing. 
But then, mm-hmm. at the, and then at other days, I'm like, wow, it's really just open for us to whatever we want to do. We got to re restructure it. So it might look a little different and feel a little different. Um, yeah. But from the standpoint of the people like us who curate things and have made a whole thing out of creating, like you said, these experiences and putting these events on I don't care what anybody says virtual is not the same <laughs> as being in a room and looking in the faces of people I mean it, it's, no. it's cool that we can still connect but it's yeah. not the same no you know, like what do you do what's next ah uh, for me um it's gonna be be writing I want to get songbook out there um and get some like Sylvie's love vibes going on in people's living rooms while they're reading. <laughs> um, so that'll be for me. I I can I'll be honest with you and say that it is hard for me to fathom what I will do next in terms of um, curating. With you retired, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had retired a few times. I I tried to retire, <laughs> and you know. <laughs> you know, and and I and I I tried, but it's hard for me to say what what is going to be next for me and on that tip because my creativity always it sees people in a room. It sees people with goosebumps and feeling feelings and virtual just is not it does not offer that. And I, like you said, I'm glad that it's available. I'm glad that we can still connect and we can still get to see um, an Eric Roberson concert. But I'm telling you, I, I watched some virtual stuff and it ain't nothing like being in a room with that man when he's doing what he do. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not the same. And yeah. so I can honestly say that on the curator side, I have no idea. And I'm and just praying to God that this. I fully thing believe that up. we will absolutely be back to doing things with an even greater appreciation of what we do. Yeah. Even like it's going to mean more than so it ever did. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now that, you know, you some to take it away and you appreciate it. So I yeah. think it'll change um some of the ways and some of the what we put into it because i i know mm-hmm. me like i have all these grand ideas but i might do some of them like well, we can go back i'm doing everything <laughs> like right. you might see fireworks on the stage i don't know um but it's just for sequin every time i sing <laughs> like so and people need it absolutely all the things all the glitter all the glitz um i miss it very much i too have no idea when this the last sold out Sunday was a year ago in February, and I cannot believe like that a whole year. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it has been a year. It feels I know like one and like can year. you? But can you believe the last time I was on stage was when when you were there um, in March of last year when we did um, the Love Jones experience. And that was so great. Oh, like your view and your band. So it was so great. It was so it great. Was and like, the background. I finally thing. have my own band. Yay. And then people were messaging me, like, okay, I want to book your band. And then it was like a week later. Okay, school. It was out. a week 
later. <laughs> I, I just quit my job. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, what I'm thankful for, to, to, honestly, with that, is that we got a chance to do it before mm-hmm. all of this happened. Absolutely. Because perfect. it left us on this note of, this is what it can be. This you is know. what it can be. It can be better than this, and it will be. Yeah, after, and it will be at some point. It will be. Yeah, I I need those vibes back. But you know, there's this is a time I think to restructure and to really, me personally, I have to write down like because I do so many things. What can go? What can be hobby? (laughs) What does a what do I not need to do? as a thing you know mm-hmm. um and i wouldn't have taken the time to do that if everything was still going at the oh yeah that no. was at all yeah. like some of the things wouldn't have happened you maybe you would have been taking even longer to do this song but because you would be i would be busy doing who knows what yeah <laughs> like zoe and carmen rogers are back again <laughs> and camille's back again and bashiri's back again and all of that and it and that was great you know it was it was great and people still talk about it and they'll keep talking about it because it really was like it was great um but this time has afforded me and you you know this about me it, it's afforded me more time to talk to jesus me and him but we've been we've been here and just you know, <laughs> so whatever when it all opens up, he, you know, wherever he leads me, that's 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 where I'm going. Cause um one like this all happened in such a blink, and we don't know what the next thing will be. So we just gotta take and go with all we have toward what we were born to do, because yeah. we just don't know when that opportunity is gonna be put on pause again. So I don't think yeah, any. so when it's time, just get ready, y'all, because it's gonna be a, it's gonna be amazing. Can you imagine when outside opens back up and they're like, you can come bring your instruments back, and the people can come and they can just be here while you you know put a show on? Like how exciting <laughs> it will be! It's be exciting. First I'm telling you, I'm already. I got my budget going for <laughs> all the concerts, like. I'm flying out of town to go see people. That's 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 how much I miss it. I need to see Jasmine. I need to see BJ. I need to see. Yeah. I don't even know. I have like a whole. I need to see Lettucey. Um. There's so many people. Like all of the concert. Who is it? I don't care. I want to go. I don't care. Go. Care who it is. Yeah. I'm trying to be I in the building. Well, I, I think even- too. You should. I think, you know, now everybody's at home and everything. So we need to be reaching out to some people and being like, hey, Camille can do um, this duet with you. And yeah. yeah. Like, I yeah. Just do it BJ's off. one of those. I'm just trying to get in the room. To <laughs> get in the room once he meets me. He'll be like, yeah, girl. Uh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think there'll be so much more um, gusto, even more than what you had before. Um, we definitely still um, want to revisit the Phyllis Hyman piece. Everybody in the city, you are, you are super like the Phyllis Hyman thing that. happening. You will sing these songs. You will put your clip-on <laughs> earrings on <laughs> and yeah. put on a blazer. 
put some sparkles on it and you will say fill assignment and I will do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do and it. everything, every it's like everything that we we we've done together, like the Billy Holiday and the Via Love shows and the Love Jones experience show, it's all been about love. So how like crazy appropriate it is for us to be sitting here tonight talking about all the beautiful things black love tonight. Perfect thing. Even with the um, interruptions, that's actually going to make it easier for me to edit this. (laughs) (laughs) I won't have to break it down so much (laughs) into sections. Cool. Um, Yeah, I think that's all. It's almost nine. See, I said it would be done by nine. Um, Right. Hey, all up in here. Yes. BJ and Liz, because they have a song together that is really good. BJ, okay. Okay. BJ has songs with lots of people, actually. Yeah, like he has a song with Jill Scott. Um, trying to think who else? Lots of people. I'm, I'm just saying he out here giving out collaborations. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's me, <laughs> dear BJ, the Chicago kid, because I can actually. You know, I'll email him. You know, after <laughs> after. Um, reaching out to Zoe and Carmen Rogers from Foreign Exchange, like I, I Facebook messaged him and got my <laughs> first shot with him. So I ain't scared to reach out to nobody. I'm just like, hey. <laughs> not to make this happen, BJ, yeah. at BJ Chicago Kid on Instagram, because this is going on my IG stories. We need to know each other. You group text me all the time. <laughs> I just want to come to the studio. just want to be a fly yep. mom. That's all. Maybe. Not really. Amazing. But... <laughs> that is my plea. All you need to do is get in the room and just start humming. And then I just that be that myself. Again. People yeah. want to be myself. It tends to work out in my favor. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think we will definitely do the scan and talk about more love things because I'm sure more yes. love things are coming. Um, yes. Did you watch Bridgerton yet? Because we can talk about that another day. I have not. I have okay. not. Should I? Yes. What up? Yes. You okay? Okay. Because yes. you know how I am. You don't so. Want to talk about it. <laughs> so watch that, and then we talk about that. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that next time. Okay, cool. Okay, thank you for watching and for being here on the So Dope Show. On this, um, I don't even know what day of the week it is anymore. Wednesday. Wednesday. Whatever. Wednesday. It doesn't matter. Until next time, okay. <laughs> I will be back with another beautiful black person most more than likely talking about something amazing so dope show